Welcome to another edition of the Owen Show. I am Owen Burke, joined here, as usual, by my co-host, Tim Hunt. Welcome back into the booth. I guess booth, living room, same thing. Yeah, I mean, it was a great great week five, so I'm excited to just dive right into this. Yeah, it really was. We're just going to hop straight into it. We're going to hop out. Uh, We're going to knock fan questions right out of the way. We're going to knock some fan questions. We'll get a word from our, our sponsors, and then we'll hop straight into games from this week that we want to talk about. So, our first fan question comes from Larry down in Columbus, Georgia. Said, um, obviously we talked about the Bills a little bit last week at the beginning of the show. He said, since the Bills Mafia is now the top dog, can you give us our respect now? Um, and also, is Stephon Diggs a top 10 wide receiver? Hope you're doing well, Owen. Stay in my son's life. He needs friends like you. That is one of Shay's relatives down in Columbus. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, so as far as the Bills go, I think we'll we'll hold off about talking about the Bills as a team. We're going to talk about them in our games that we're going to review. Obviously, we're going to have to talk about that game um, as it happened. So as far as Stephon Diggs goes, being a top 10 receiver, currently through five games, no. He's kind of been non-existent. He's kind of been a little bit of a down year. He's still getting the receiving yards. I think that the flash, the flash is gone. I would say. Um, overall, yes, I would definitely still say he's a top ten receiver. I'd put him right in the five to six range. Uh, maybe maybe a little eight. bit lower, like five to eight, somewhere in there. Yeah, for sure, five though. to eight. It's tough because um, a lot of people, some people, put him over Tyreek. Like, and they'll put Diggs at, like, four. No, that's I'm crazy. Like, yeah, I think it's a little high. He's definitely top ten. Like, going into this year, he was definitely in my top eight. He was definitely, yeah, definitely in my top eight. And it was kind of here nor there whether he fell. He's right around that same caliber. Like, Tyreek Hill would fall in front of him. Allen Robinson's right around that same spot. So He's 17th so far in receiving yards receiving this year. Yards. Yeah. So the flash has gone. He just Josh Allen's been spreading the ball around though. Like Cole Beasley's had a couple of really good games. Dawson Knox is a, uh, emerging as a, a pretty solid tight end Absolutely, option. Absolutely, yeah. And they just—I feel like despite being in a couple shootouts here and there, they haven't thrown the ball a lot. Like I feel like Josh Allen's not super close to the top of the passing. Well, and as they spread the ball more and more around, I think Diggs will get his opportunities kind of later in the year. Whereas right now, they might be just trying to take him away because he had such an amazing year last year. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if later in the year he kind of catches a little bit of spark and, and has a better year for sure. Yeah, which teams might be keying in on him right now as well. I mean, Josh Allen is ninth in the league in passing yards, which isn't terrible. But when you look at eight is Kirk Cousins, that's like we expect more from Josh Allen, this I is, think, in the long run. A lot of people were expecting him to build off what he did last year. And he had a really, really good year last year, and he has kind of taken a step back. I kind of assumed it was going to happen. Very rarely do you have a quarterback like win MVP or get like it have an MVP type year, and then for him to follow it up. Usually, they take a small step back the year after. Lamar did. Patty took a step back the year after he won MVP. I also feel like the Bills have been in better positions this year, so they don't have to throw out and sling it as much. Like, like I guess, yeah, they've been able to run the ball really, really well this year. So yeah, they're. I mean. You look at all the games they played so far, none of them have been super close. Obviously, they lost to the Steelers, but then they've pitched two shutouts so far, one against the Dolphins, one against the Texans. 
a 20-point win over the football team and another 18-point win over the Chiefs. So they haven't really been in those, you know, 55, 51 games yet to where you'll see them throw a lot. So we'll talk about the Bills as a team, but as far as Stephon Diggs go, yes, definitely a top-10 player at the wide receiver position. Um, this next one, actually, we'll hop down. We'll do the last question. Then I have one message to read, not really a question. This next one comes from Josh Ball, who's actually on uh, an offensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, he said, my question is for Owen, for Owen is how about them Cowboys? And also, uh, what are our thoughts on Trevon Diggs so far this year? So as far as the Cowboys go, as much as we try to avoid talking about them because we talk about them so much, um, they've played well. I mean, the Giants is as good as they looked against the Giants. It also kind of scared me because Saquon went down. They were down Sterling Shepard. They were down another receiver. Down went Daniel Jones. The offense just kind of fell apart. Kadarius Tony got ejected in the fourth. So like, Dallas looked good and they have looked good. But I can't over like I I feel like it's not an overreaction to talk about how good they've been. But at the same time, I feel like the second you start talking about how good Dallas is, things go south. So I'm trying to trying to not do that to all my Cowboys fans out there. Because I feel like the second I'm like, they look really good, this is a Super Bowl contender, something bad is going to happen. I mean, even looking at their schedule going forward here, they got the Patriots, Vikings, Broncos, Falcons, um, Chiefs, uh, Raiders, Saints, Washington, Giants, Washington, Cardinals, Eagles. They very well might only have like three to four losses by the end of the year. Well, they have four. They're at one loss right now. They're at one four loss right now. Against Tampa. It's so crazy because at the beginning of the year, obviously, you're circling the Chiefs. You're circling Tampa, obviously. But, like, when you look at where everyone is at now currently, if I had to predict how every team looks currently, they finish the year with two losses. Worst. Worst case scenario, they lose to the Cardinals. Right. Because as of right now, they'll beat the Chiefs. They should, yeah. They, so, they look better than the Chiefs so far this year. The Cowboys have looked very good. It's always about consistency. Can you do it for 17 games? That's always been the Cowboys' issue. As long as they don't get bit by an injury bug, I mean, this team is is pretty stacked and, and has a lot of talent around uh, in a lot of different places, that's Yeah, for and sure. offensively, outside of the offensive line, I feel like they can take an injury, too. Obviously, outside of their quarterback position, if Zeke were to get banged up here and there, Tony, Tony Pollard, Pollard steps good. in. You have at the receiving core, you lose any three of Gallup, Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb, and one of the other two can step in very easily. And uh, Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz have both looked good at tight end. So, offensively, they're set. They've got to keep playing. You don't have to play great defense, but you have to play good defense. And obviously that brings us to Trevon Diggs. Um, he has looked good. Um, to preface it, I've, he is leading the league in interceptions right now. Six picks in five games. Uh, he has more interceptions. He has twice as many interceptions as any other player, I think, because Micah Hyde has three for the Bills right now, and then Trevon Diggs has six. Um, he has seven. He has seven now. Seven through five games. You get two? Oh, no, sorry. Just kidding. He has six interceptions. He I lied six. to you. Okay. I, th- I was like, I thought it was six and five games. It was sad I kept hearing. Um, so let's let's keep our feet on the ground about this. I've had a lot of Cowboys fans and a lot of people in general I feel like overreact to – Two things, overreact to the interceptions and also overreacting to six games. There are two things that you have to think about when like trying to bring this conversation to earth. 
interceptions do not make you a good defensive back. They are like it's not a pointless stat by any stretch, but like leading the league in interceptions does not make you the best corner. That is nowhere near the case. Jalen Ramsey, I don't think once in his career has led the league in interceptions because he doesn't get targeted. Can't pick the ball if it doesn't get thrown to you. Right, exactly. Second of all, it's six games. Even if he has looked like Darrell Revis in two thousand nine, it's been six games. Let's I mean I need to see at least sixteen, you know, to, right. before I try to make a decision about anything. It's only been five games, but five games. I don't I keep thinking six picks. It's very confusing. Yeah, numbers, it's okay. Numbers have been getting to me recently. So I, I would say a couple of things on that is, I mean, he's second in the league in targets with 39 right now. Yeah. So I think as the year goes on, I wouldn't expect him to stay in the top five in target by any means. I think he's going to see the ball come his way less frequently. Yeah. Um, so I think that might see the interceptions drop. And also, it's insanely hard as a cornerback to try to win defensive player of the year. Insanely hard. Darrell Revis never won defensive player of the year. Yeah. Like, like, that's crazy. And I think 09 Darrell Rivas is the best corner of all time. That If I had to pick a single season from any corner, he was there. And Rivas Island was a thing. Since, since I've been alive, he's the best cornerback I've ever seen play. You've ever seen? Yeah. I would agree from, from my taking. Uh, I think Darrell would be better than Jalen Ramsey is currently. So, so what I see when I see Trevon Diggs, the interceptions to me are a sign of improvement from him. I'd like to see where how much he was targeted last year, but from if I had to guess from from what I've seen in the games and what I'm seeing from stat sheets, I see Trevon Diggs was horrible last year. Defenses saw that and said, "We're going to go after this kid. We're going to make this kid work." And to his credit, I'd say four of his six interceptions were plays that he made, jumping routes. Like, there was one where he was covering Keenan Allen against the Chargers. Just jumped a route. It was a quick out route. Justin Herbert thought it was a safe read with pressure on him. And he just jumps the route, picks it off. Something that you would never really see him make it that play at all. So I see a lot of improvement, I think. I think offenses thought he was a weak spot and they were going to go at him. And he's showing that I'm not I'm not the worst anymore, at least. I can. I have decent ball skills to get in front of a couple of these. Yeah, I think, I mean, between Dan Quinn changing the defense a little bit, and it looks like he's been coached up a lot, too. So that's, yeah. he's definitely, he, he's definitely better than he was last year, which is always what you like to see. Uh, I just don't know if he's a legit number one cornerback right now. And I think even if he was, it's very hard to tell from five games. Yeah. So, so here's the thing for, and I have, I have a Cowboys fan that's a buddy of mine. I love him to death. But he was he's trying to talk to me about like how Trevon Diggs is the top corner in the game right now. So the stat that I will levy to you through five games, he does have six interceptions. In the Pro Football Focus era, there the most receiving yards allowed in a single season by a corner was Antoine Blake in twenty fifteen. Let just over a thousand uh, yards against him in coverage. Uh, after sixty nine yards allowed on Sunday. Trevon Diggs is on pace to allow 1,119 yards on the year, which would be the most given by any corner in coverage throughout a season. So the six picks looks great, and he may look better when he's in tight coverage. But Kadarius Tony made him, you know, made a couple highlights off Trevon Diggs on Sunday alone, and Kadarius Tony was a name that most NFL fans did not know before Sunday. I knew him because Shea's a Florida fan, and I heard about him last year, and obviously paying attention in the draft as well. They kind of got to steal. The Giants got to steal out of him. Yeah, it's 
It, it was when I saw him get picked. It was a very fifty-fifty. It's like this could be an A plus pick. It could be a, an F. Yeah. It all depends on how how well you incorporate him into your offense and how much you get him the ball. I think Daniel Jones. He was having a decent game. Daniel Jones went down and he took off because they were like, "All right, well, I don't, I can't put the game on Mike Glennon's shoulders. So let's throw a five yard out route to Kadarius Tony. Let him make two guys miss and get twenty on the play." I think the comp for Tony was. Uh... I'm going to blank. Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin. Yeah, Cordell Patterson. I could see Potentially that. like a very good speedster he reminds me of, guy. He reminds me of Odell after the catch. Yeah. If that, that's like, that's, he did break Odell's single game rookie receiving record as well. Odell had 185 yards was his top mark and Tony had 189. Same, same kind of theory of like just such a freak athlete that you just get him the ball any way you kind of can. But that's exactly what they need to do, and they did bring him in on a wildcat set, stab him the ball, and he ran a read option. He almost scored a touchdown on that play. So he didn't score a touchdown. He got tackled with inside the three yard line twice. So in all reality, he should have had about probably like one ninety five two touchdowns against that Cowboys defense. And if Kadarius Tony can do that, I'm curious to see what guys like Tyreek Hill is going to do in week 13 whenever they match up, you know. So, Javon Diggs has looked good, but we need to we need to pump the brakes on the whole top corner argument for a little bit. Let's I got to see some more before I make a full decision about them. Um so, before we jump into our games today, a quick word from one of our sponsors, a new sponsor. Oh, hang on, you got one more fan question you're going to read. I, oh, yes, I forgot the message. It's not technical questions, it's just a message. This one comes from Caleb in Gary, Indiana. Thanks for keeping me honest. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Caleb in Gary, Indiana, I said, hello, Owen. First, I'd like to say I love the show. Tim and yourself make my job a lot smoother. I'm a taxi driver, so I listen to you guys every time uh, you guys drop. Uh, the minute it comes out, I'll listen to it on Wednesdays. I appreciate that. He said, same with one and one, uh, one of one and the original BDL shows on Friday. Um, you have motivated me to get back to school and chase my dreams of becoming a sports analyst. I'll be attending Full Sail University this spring, and I'm only 20. Couldn't really find a way to connect, but I reached out to Shay through Anchor. Uh, just wanted to say thank you to Shay and you for the trail of inspiration you've given me and a lot of my friends. It means a lot. P.S. I found the show through my father, actually. He listens to a lot of his podcasts through Spotify, and you guys were advertised on the main page. So, very nice message. Thank you. Uh, we have been popping a, uh, a little bit here and there on certain apps. I believe through Anchor Statistics, we are top five percent for podcasts right now. So we've been we've been doing a lot of work. So I do appreciate the feedback. I'm glad that we can reach out to so many people and and mean a lot to you guys. It means a lot to us. As it definitely well. does. Yeah, absolutely. So keep them coming. Fan questions. Keep them coming. Keep keep the comments coming. Constructive criticism, non-constructive criticism, we'll take it all into account and we'll spit out the best product we can at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, if you guys just want to message us on Twitter and just say, F you guys, like, don't be afraid. That's fine. You could do it. I'm waiting. I'm surprised none of our coworkers have yet. I'm surprised I haven't got the message from Ethan or Reed or anything. And just on, like, like, Twitter or anything? Yeah. Or even just at work, be like, you're an idiot. Like, right. <laughs> I need, I need that once in my life reed tells me all the time he's like i like listening to you guys because i don't agree with everything you say but i agree with some of the stuff i'm like you know what point i'll take it that's exactly that's the point so i need a fan question from some of those guys too one of these days um before we hop into our games just a word quickly from a houston-based company exotic pop uh is known worldwide as the unique beverage boutique 
offering rare, hard-to-find flavors of beverages and snacks are sourced from all over the globe. Exotic Pop promotes creativity and individuality, a distinctly positive movement for pop culture as it draws legendary entertainers as well as soda connoisseurs together for a greater purpose. Uh, from hits like the Wu-Tang Pineapple Soda to rare snacks like Dunkaroo Cereal, Exotic Pop is your one-stop shop for all the goods. Uh, when we went down to Atlanta this summer, we had a chance to stop into a couple shops that are that were like partnered with Exotic Pop, and mm-hmm. I had a, I had a couple drinks. I liked the, I think I had the pineapple soda. I liked it quite a bit. And then there was a, it was like DJ Screws, something something. I don't remember what it was like a grape soda, but it also had melatonin in it. Mm-hmm. Bro, it knocked me out. I drank like half of it, I think. And you were asleep. Yeah, like it was really weird because like I drank half and I was like, oh, I'm kind of cool. And then like like a brick wall hit my eyes. Are you a big soda guy? I am. Oh, you are? Huge. Okay. And it's honestly like where half of like my unhealthy eating comes from. <laughs> it's just like I, I stopped on the way home, got two Baja Blasts. I'm going to drink one after the show and I got one for tomorrow. Oh, my too. God. Yeah, no I'm wonder a, you're up so late. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fiend when it comes to soda. That's, I'll, I'll have a Dr. P a day, you know? Have one a day. Have one a day. If I have one a day, it's a good day for me. Like it's, <laughs> we can talk about it afterwards. <laughs> it's a little too embarrassing for me to go into how much I drink. So, what are the what, what games are we talking about this week? Let's go ahead and start off with the Rams and Seahawks. The uh, the I've officially named it the Let Geno Cook game is what we're gonna call it. I watching. I think I was at work on Thursday night and I saw just the tweets coming in. And it was just Geno Smith is now starting for the Seahawks. And then all the tweets afterwards were like, look at Geno go. I was like, I wish I could have watched the game. Might have been the best game of his career. I mean, really, I mean, this is one of those games that I just wonder what's wrong with Seattle's offense because DK Metcalf looked great. Tyler Lockett looked great. And you're like, man, these guys have all these weapons and so much ability to like all the talent in the world, all the talent in the world. And you're like, it just for some reason just doesn't ever come together. Doesn't click. And what well, what the Seahawks offensive plan is, is like, we're going to do nothing for three quarters. And then for the last 10 minutes, we're going to let Russell Wilson do everything. Yeah. I mean, that's what Baltimore looked like on Monday night, too. Um, so I know that game plan pretty well in and out. I think that's always been kind of their issue is they just – the offensive line is never great. Russell Wilson does spread the ball around. So as good as those weapons are, there's games where they disappear, and you won't see DK Metcalf for a full game, or Tyler Lockett will disappear. Chris Carson – Chris Carson, I love him to death, gets banged up quite a bit. He was out in this game. Alex Collins was starting running back for them. Um, Didn't really have a great game running no. the ball, but – I mean, the Rams looked – good you know what i mean not not great i don't know kind of what's what's eating at them away yeah recently. i expected more from them against this team nice to see robert woods have a good game for once after spending a fantasy pick on him been quiet so far um overall just both teams kind of disappointed i think in the long run it was supposed to be the divisional matchup and any divisional matchup in the nfc west is supposed to be a good one and it was kind of just yeah. If I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm I'm very nervous because this might be the end of our season. I mean, they said I think Russell's supposed to miss two or three games. From what I heard, it was six to eight, but I never saw it. That's what somebody at work was talking about when he okay. got hurt. So we might have to fact check that one. But the issue, I feel like uh, I heard it somewhere, and it was 
the Seahawks are just I feel like they're so desperate to win. There's there's like a a, a desperate need for them to succeed, but in a bad way, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're like they try so hard that it, it that it never works. Like they spend all this money, they're throwing around draft picks like they're you know, like they're nothing to bring guys in, to bring Jamal Adams in, to make him the highest paid safety of all time. It they felt like a team that went all in and haven't seen any of the benefits of going all in and now seen, they're Yeah, any of them. And it, and they're gonna be in trouble the next couple of years. It really is not a great situation for them going forward. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I mean so no official timeline on when Russell Wilson will return, but I even if he only misses like let's say he misses two or three games and they're at five losses like that gives him little to no room to work in the NFC to try Why to come out of this, him? especially in that division. Why reboot him? Right. I, I have a hard time believing that in the NFC West in the current div- way it is that I'm going to run Russell Wilson back out there on a two and five football team against Aaron Donald. Nick Bosa and Chandler Jones and JJ Watt. I don't feel like that's a smart decision. Yeah, they probably don't. I would say they're probably out for the playoffs. So I would, I would say, can it? Hopefully, he doesn't demand a trade this offseason. If it's two or three weeks, I could see him. If if it starts to linger towards that five to eight, six to eight week mark, I don't think he'll touch the field again. This There's year. no point. Yeah, it's, even if he does, they'll be playing in games that don't mean anything. Yeah, unless Geno Smith comes out and and just rips them, and all of a sudden they have new breath in the offense. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think so either. But a man can dream, right? Flash in a pan kind of moment for Geno Smith, right? It here. would be fun. You can't tell me it wouldn't be fun to be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Geno Smith throws for four hundred against the 49ers defense. Like, what is happening? To be fair to Geno Smith, his career was most of his career, at least I should say, was spent with the Jets and the Giants prior to being a backup. So, poor guy never really had a shot to begin <laughs> never with. Really had a, yeah, definitely didn't have a shot to begin with. I think I do like that they don't really have to change the game plan a lot. I feel like he's a very he's a he's the perfect backup for Russell Wilson. He's yeah. mobile enough; he can run. Mobile, when he has but not to. Mobile. Right. He's the the mid the mid level of mobileness. Exactly. Yeah. Where yeah he'll move. He can move the pocket. He can run when it's wide open. But yeah, it's not not really much is going to have to change there. Yep. Next game. <coughs> Next game we got is the Packers and the Bengals, which was a great game. Yeah, it was. It was uh, two kickers away from not being as exciting as it was, but exciting nonetheless. I have to say this. I am happy Green Bay ultimately won it because it felt if they didn't win it, it would feel like Mason Crosby's Mason Crosby's fault entirely. Yeah, that it was just all on his shoulders for missing so many kicks in that game. Yeah, because if he misses the last one, I mean that's what twelve points he would have left on the board. Exactly right. That's an issue. Yeah. So I feel like the the right team won here. Um, I mean Joe Burrow, man. If you don't think he's legit by now, I mean, get on the train because this guy's tough as nails. Like this, this guy is good. Like he, he's yeah. gonna be a, a top fifteen quarterback going forward in the NFL. Yeah. Same thing for Jamar Chase. All the doubters, the drops, and everything. I mean, six catches, hundred fifty nine yards, and a touchdown. He's had, he's had. I mean, arguably the best, the best year out of any of the rookie wide receivers so yeah, far. Yeah, I would hundred percent agree. He's been dynamic, and. The reason how well that he is playing and how well Joe looks with him on the field is why my hot take last week was that I felt like they made the right decision with with Jamar Chase. Right. So, and I think he proved it again. They went out against 
a tougher defense, one that's played extremely well so far this year, and they put up 22 and had a shot all the way to the end. I will say that the Packers just don't look buttoned up to me this year. They're having these weird games where, I mean, the Bengals are, are an, a good team. You know yeah, what not, I mean? Not horrible. But if, if I'm a Packers fan and I'm like, okay, I really want my team to be a Super Bowl team, I don't go, okay, we should play a close one with Cincinnati. Yeah, we can't. There's no scrape it out against Cincinnati games on your schedule. And I'm okay with teams having a couple stinkers a year, but Green Bay's used up their two, like, already. Like, it's it's over for them. Agreed. The the Saints loss was obviously bad week one. Um, Only win by 10 against Pittsburgh isn't terrible, I guess. Right. Pittsburgh is still in that middle level. Uh, Beat the Niners by two. And obviously they handled the Lions pretty well. So, like, it has been pretty. The margin of victory hasn't been great. They've won two games by three points or less, and then they beat the Steelers by 10, and they beat the Lions by 17 or so. So, I mean, with the Bears, the football team, and the Cardinals and the Chiefs up on the roster next, doesn't get a whole ton easier, really. I do have a fix for the Packers later in the show. We'll talk about it during okay. the breaks. But I do have, a, I think, an interesting way for that team to kind of kind of turn it around and maybe add some flair and some spice and really get that offensive going. Get a spark. Um, next game we're going to talk about is Browns and Chargers. Okay. Another great game. Yeah. We were we were we were really blessed with a lot of great football this week, but Do you think do you think this week topped week 4 or do you still think week 4 was better? Uh gosh, that's so hard to say. It's really so week 4 is a really good week of football too. The the hardest part about week 4 was there was probably better storylines. Okay. Over Brady, Brady, Brady and New England like there there were some great storylines uh that week whereas this week we had great games but like I mean the Chargers beating the Browns to me doesn't like scream Wow, there's a great story there. Russell Wilson getting hurt isn't a great story to me. True, yeah. I mean, the Cardinals squeaking by the 49ers isn't, you know what I mean? It's None of these, I mean, besides the Bills and Chiefs game, there wasn't a storyline that I was, like, super, super excited about. But the games were still, I mean, we, this this might be one of the best years we have for football. Some of these offenses are just so stacked. and Yeah. This, has, this might go down as one of the errors with the most offensive talent we've seen. I, yeah. I definitely would have to agree. Like, I I feel like I've said that before in my head, and I also feel that way about the NBA. It's sometimes too where I feel like this is the most talented the league's ever been. Right. But it's also so hard because this is the only time I've ever really watched I, it. I, yeah, I think the big struggle for me is that there maybe isn't like dominant guys. Like there isn't a Jerry Rice right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, like, DeAndre Hopkins can go... I mean, Stephon Diggs is a great example of that, of, like, one season he's definitely a top 10 wide receiver in this year. He might not land in the top 15, but there's just so much wide receiver talent that it goes unnoticed. You know what I mean? It's not like you have to have one guy that's stepping up. And rookies are just coming into the league and just taking over. Yeah. Rookies are coming to the league and taking over, and also guys that you did not expect to be this good are coming out and playing some of their best football. Mike Williams has been an animal. Yeah. Cooper Cup's been an animal, which he was trending towards that that 15 to almost breaking into the top 10, and he's come out and played, like, the best receiver in the league so far this year yeah. through five games. So, so yeah, it's not super top-heavy necessarily, but it's a really great – I would say there's a lot of wide receivers that you would say all-time are going to be – good wide receivers maybe not hall of famers but yeah. just so much talent it's it's entertaining to watch yeah 100 percent. 
And as far as this go, this game was insane. The Chargers put up 26 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Justin Herbert looks like the guy, which I feel like we all saw it last year when Tyrod Taylor went down. Yeah. And I feel like he hasn't lost a step. Usually rookie quarterbacks that dominate take some to- some type of step back. Sophomore slump, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, like maybe not even a slump, but like he performs as well, but he throws more interceptions than he did the year before. And I we haven't seen anything. He had 400 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. The run game was there. It wasn't super prevalent, but it was there. And then obviously just I feel like he just has weapons galore to throw to. So this is one of those examples for me where if I'm a Browns fan, I'm, I'm questioning myself on if Baker is the guy. Because yeah. the Browns are so talented that they're in a lot of these games, but Baker hasn't really been able to finish off and, and really be the guy that the driving reason. Whereas on the Chargers side, Justin Herbert is the win, reason that you win this game. Yeah, 100%. He 100%. led that fourth quarter comeback where Baker had a lead going into the fourth, and I didn't come out and feel like, wow, he was really the guy there. Yeah. Um, that's the scary part to me. I think I think the Chargers have some room for improvement. I don't think they're set at every position by any means. I mean, that offensive line is looking better this year. I do think another wide receiver would probably help them to have a third guy that could be a consistent guy would also be a big step for the Chargers. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, this is a, this is a talented team. Yeah, it adds. Obviously, Austin Eckler being able to catch the ball to the backfield is a huge help. Jalen Guyton's not a terrible third option. Obviously, there's much, much better third options in the league. But Mike Williams has played like an animal. Keenan Allen, obviously, talent-wise, is still a top 15 receiver in the league. And then, obviously, having the run game to rely on definitely doesn't hurt as well. As far as the Browns go, it it stinks because you have three wins on the year. You're 3-2, and but the two losses were games that you had the lead in. You had a shot. You lost to the Chiefs on a a fourth-quarter comeback, and you lost to the Chargers on a fourth-quarter comeback. Um, And they have the Cardinals next week. So, not going to get really any easier for baker going forward and the reason that these games are so important is you want a guy to be able to prove right now i can go out and win you these games so that way when the the playoffs are here and you know it's going to be close and you know there's going to be a lot of pressure you have that confidence in him whereas right now i don't know if if i could pick justin herbert or baker mayfield for a playoff game in the fourth quarter i'm gonna pick justin herbert 10 out of 10 10 times absolutely Yeah. yeah i would agree as far as the the last thing I'll say for Baker, I think in his defense, Jarvis Landry didn't play. I think he's still out until yes. like week six or seven. I think it's time to start having a conversation. Now, the run game is there. They have the best one-two punch in the backfield without in question. the league without question. And arguably, within the last five to ten years, I don't think there's a better one-two punch that you've had in the same backfield. As far as the weapons go, I think it may be time to start talking about how overrated his receiving core is a little bit. Yeah. I, Maybe I, at least a little bit. I, I would say it's overrated, but I would take that receiving core over a lot of receiving cores in the league. Okay. I, I, I can't. I would. I don't like. I mean, a lot of people talk about it like it was. A, I don't think they're a top five receiving core. But I would probably... Because that was the expectation. I think that's what makes it worse, is everyone was expecting New York Odell, right. Miami Jarvis Landry, 
Atlanta Austin Hooper, and then you add David Njoku in the mix, and you're like, Jesus Christ, this is insane. Right. And it has been nowhere near close. I think the the problem is is the running backs are so good that we maybe put a higher value on the offense as a whole because the running backs are so good. Agreed. But, like, yeah, the wide receiver core is, is an entire group probably isn't as great as we think it is. I'd love to look at that. We might look at that next week and try to maybe not go over every single rank, every single receiving core, but see – who we would take them over? Yeah, we can. I mean, that's a great pick em one right there. Pick that's a wide true. receiver core. Pick a wide receiver core. We'll but yeah, look at all of them off page. And I will say, I feel like I hate it when broadcasters do this or people in sports do this where they're like, oh, yeah, top 15 guy. And we probably have said like 20 names that we think are yeah. top 20, top 15 wide receivers. I, week in, week out, they could be. Yeah. It's very tough because when I say top 15, I'm like, obviously somebody's going to get left out in the long we, run. I think we should use, like, we should try better terminology of like, He's a top fifty percent in the wide receiver. Oh yeah, like something, something, something a little bit more back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where it's like, Fair yeah, it's definitely probably better than half the league. Yeah, there's probably a better way of saying that. I'm I'm cool with it. We'll right. roll with it going forward. 49ers Cardinals. I would say the most disappointing game of the week. It was still close and somewhat entertaining, but. I had higher hopes for this, to be really honest with you. Yeah, I definitely did not expect it to be such a low-scoring game. It honestly doesn't, now that I'm looking back on it, how good the defenses are, it doesn't surprise me as much. But still, I was definitely expecting more than 17 from how good Arizona's been so far. I would agree, yeah. I mean, Trey Lance looked like a unit out there. Uh, I was was honestly impressed for a guy who, who didn't play much last year and was like, supposedly going to be the high ceiling guy and like the worst talent for him coming out week one and playing as well as he did either kyle shanahan's a genius or he's really that good he had 16 carries yeah what are we doing yeah if you didn't watch that game the guy he was he just felt like i don't even know how to it it, it's so hard to compare him to somebody because he's he's kind of his own he's kind of like what cam newton was Okay. Where Cam Newton was this big, beefy guy, where Trey Lance isn't as big as Cam Newton. But he moves? But he moves. He just is like... I, he has a cannon. Yeah, it's arm. with these running guys, it's just there's not as many guys that we can comp them to. Yeah, it's very hard. It's So, like, Kyler Murray plays like Michael Vick, but it's so different than Michael Vick because Murray's more slippery. He's like a bar of soap. Like, you, yeah. can't, you can't ever get your hands on him. Yeah. And he doesn't take a lot of big hits and things like that. Yeah. Where it's like, and Lamar plays completely different than a lot of the guys in the past. Yeah. And as much as Lamar and Kyler are similar, they're so different. At the I same would time. say Lamar is actually comparable to RG three at peak RG three. Really? So, I, yeah, I would. I would say their styles are close. I mean, they're both smaller, like they're taller guys, but skinnier guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, Trey Lance. If would I'm you a, would you compare Lance to like Josh Allen at all? Because I mean, Josh Allen's pretty mobile, which not a lot of people talk about it enough. And also, he also has a cannon for an arm. Lance feels to me faster than, than Allen. Josh Allen. Now, I don't have any like. I mean, this is just someone watching the game, right? Like we've I, watched one full starting game yeah. of Trey Lance so far. I mean, coming out of that, I would say it would be it'd probably be the closest comp if you had to pick. Yeah, I mean, obviously Trey Lance's arm is not as. NFL ready as Josh Allen's even was coming out of the Josh Allen's first year and he didn't look great his first year. Yeah. Where we with Allen you're able to see the flashes of like wow this guy's got a super talented arm. Yeah, it's just it's so effortless with right. him. That's what I think is the difference. 
is you just I feel like I watch him flick it with his wrist and it goes sixty yards through the air. And I'm like, that what does it look like when he, you know, look how Aaron Rodgers throws his Hail Marys when he like takes a step forward and like throws his whole shoulder out right, to right. get it down the field. Like Josh Allen just doesn't have that throwing motion. It's so effortless the way he moves the ball. I think Lance, I mean, and the way he throws the ball, it, it just he looks like a pitcher out there. Like he's really? playing baseball. He just throws it with such heat and gas to it that and the way that he like his motion too kind of reminds me of a pitcher. He's got like big shoulder movement. Mm-hmm. I'm not a QB expert by any means. Um I grew up watching like the most boring quarterback in the entire world throw like seven yard dump passes. Dump passes. My entire life. So like I, I always get excited about these guys because I'm like, wow, somebody can throw a ball more than 20 yards down the field. That's like, <laughs> hey, man, seven gets you six rings out of it. I know, so, right? So it's live. like my, my entire fandom growing up, none of these – I'm like, all these people get really excited about these people who can throw, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't you, matter. Seven, seven yard dump passes, what wins you yeah. Super Bowls? <laughs> that's, that's not a winning throw. That's not right? a winning, yeah. Check it down to your running back, damn it. So I might be I might be overexcited about Trey Lance, but if I'm a 49ers fan, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm okay with who we took. I'm not too upset. I think the only way that you're upset right now is if you really like Justin Fields that much more. I feel like that's yeah, that could be the only reason. Fields looks more ready now, I would say, but I, I we knew that coming in after that's, after this game. I would almost take Lance's running over Fields running. Fair enough. Fields hasn't shown me anything that's blown me out of the water running so far. Whereas Trey Lance has definitely done that. Where Fields has definitely shown me throwing wise why I thought he was going to be more NFL ready. But yeah, hundred percent. All right, you wanna you wanna wrap this up with the Bills and Chiefs game? Bills and Chiefs. Are we are we talking about uh, the Ravens and the Colts at all by chance? Uh, I've got some Lamar segments in there for Later you. On okay, but I'll you, save it. If and we can just, I mean, we can talk about the preface game. it. Okay, if you want, do you want to do you want to go Bills and Chiefs then first? Ravens? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll cover this game first. So so Bills and Chiefs, obviously, uh, I believe those at work again for this game. Uh, not that I didn't hear about it. Obviously, being in the middle of Kansas, this is the team that you're going to hear about the most. Well, you couldn't have been at work. We get off at 7.30. That's true. What was I doing? I was doing something. Slacking is what he was doing. Yeah, that's definitely probably a solid possibility. I feel like, yeah, so I guess we did get out before the game. I, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't watch the second half of this game because of that rain delay. So yeah, that killed it. That it was. It, I had I had buddies that were trying to go to that game. I'm so glad I did not go. One of the one of the buddies we work with went and yeah. was like, yeah. Apparently, it was not a not a fun one to watch as a Chiefs fan. Oh, definitely not. You could tell by just looking at the numbers. I'm just not I, not happy. I did watch the second half highlights. Obviously, the one thing I will say. Um, about this is one you could tell that this game mattered to Buffalo. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So so Chiefs are getting to the point where they're no longer the fun underdogs and people aren't expecting it. Like the Bills came out and played like this might be the most important regular season game we play this year. Like this was the AFC title game. Like Correct. they were already there. Yes. They were they like they watched all the film from last year and they were like we're playing this game again. This is not week 5. This is the AFC title game. Yeah. This is we are zero and zero, and we have to win this game. So I I do have to say I respect that out of that. I think honestly, after watching this, and and I will say the Chiefs are obviously fighting some injuries and stuff like that. But um, 
I think Buffalo looked like a more talented, more put together team right now. Overall, they are. I think it's. I, I I would I would definitely say that they are at this point. They obviously have a better defense. Josh obviously Patrick Mahomes is better than Josh Allen in the long run, but Josh Allen's obviously not a slump. Right. You look at the top receiver on each team. Obviously, I would take Tyreek over Stephon Diggs, but Stephon Diggs is not bad. You look at the complementary receivers, I would take Buffalo oh. over KC at this oh, point. Oh, as an overall core, right now I would take Buffalo's core. I, Emmanuel Sanders has looked good. Cole Beasley had a monster year last year and yeah. he's building on it. And all of a sudden, Dalton Knox has stepped up and had three catches for 115 yards in this game. Well, and there's that. Didn't they go to high school together? Dalton Knox and Josh Allen, I think, is their connection. Did there. they really? Yeah, I didn't know did. that at all. That's um, so there, there is a connection with those two guys, so I don't think that's going to fade anytime soon. But, yeah, overall, they, they just look deep. Um, I mean, honestly, the, the mistakes for the Chiefs just have to go away. The offensive line yeah. didn't look great. The pass rush didn't look great. I mean, they, they were missing Chris Jones. Um, yeah, definitely hurts you in the long run. But, yeah, I think just overall it just needs to be buttoned up so much that yeah. there's a lot of work to do. Mahomes just looks sloppy. Really sly. Well, I know we all know how talented he is. He is still the best quarterback in the game. He's no, not playing like it anywhere near. Yeah, but he. I think he has six interceptions so far, which he had. I think he had five all of last year. So it's definitely alarming. But it's it's things that are in your control that you can fix pretty easily. Obviously, you can't control injuries, but like Patty being more careful with the ball is a thing. I think the superhero ball type that he plays as yeah. is starting to bite him a little bit. So we'll see if he tones it down. I think I think I have a great comp for Patrick Mahomes later okay. in the show. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to that. I, I think the biggest thing is we're seeing that you can't win football games with five guys. Right. That's what the Chiefs are learning. When you look at the guys that are getting paid on this team, obviously Patty's getting paid worth every penny. Frank Clark's getting $20 million. Way too much. Way too much. He's solid. He's not bad, but 20 is way over. Chris Jones is getting 20 worth it, but he was injured. Yep. You look at Tyreek Hill, worth – I. he's getting 18 a year. And I want to say he's worth it, but I'm, I'd really love to see what would happen if McCall Hardman was the one in the set. I – I want to see, because a lot of people have said that, first of all, that Patrick Mahomes is only good because of his weapons, which is a gross overstatement. Correct. And a lot of people also say that Tyreek Hill is only good because his quarterback has a large arm. I want to see what happens if McCall Hardman's the one and Tyreek is out for a game. I'd like, I don't believe either one of those statements, but I'd like to see what would happen. I think their back is scratched from each other. So Tyreek needs a guy with a big arm, and I think Patrick likes a guy who's going to get open downfield. I, I wouldn't say need, but it definitely doesn't hurt at all. Because like, I think Tyreek's a very gifted route runner, and he can get open, but he it is. doesn't hurt to be able to fly well, 80 and, yards And he's top. good in the short game, too. You can give him screens, bubble screens, stuff like Slam that. Routes. Yeah, and, and, he'll, and he'll get open and get you some yardage, but... I, I, I think the problem is, without that aspect, I think he loses, uh, without having the threat over the top, he becomes too easy of a guy to jam up front. Agreed, yeah. So right. so if you don't That's if you don't funny. have the short and you don't have the long, I don't know how complete I would take Tyreek Hill. He's okay. not a guy that's going to get you a lot of catches over the middle. No. So Cooper Cup does not need the long game, because Cooper Cup is going to make catches in traffic, be over the middle. Like, he's going to make plays like that. Where I don't know how much I'm trying to do that with Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill somehow always seems to find a seam or yeah. an open spot in a field, but 
I think that's what they do best. And I think defenses are starting to close those gaps a lot quicker than yeah. what they've been used to. So it's how well can they adjust. And I, I believe that they can, but how how long is it going to take? Because they can't take many more losses at this point. Right. The AFC, season, is, at least, yeah. the AFC is deep when you're talking about teams that are going to win 9 to 10 games, and their division has not looked that bad. Granted, it's looked a lot worse in the last two, three Well, their weeks. division's about to come crumbling down here. So Yeah. But their division has, has started crumbling a week ago, in my opinion. You want to know why their offensive line stinks? They broke the golden rule. They signed a Patriots offensive lineman and gave him a lot of money, and that's, oh, you never do that. Yeah, you they, they also broke the golden rule of, just paying your offensive line too much in general. They have yeah. obviously Joe Thune gets fourteen a year, and the, they brought Duvernay Tardif back as well, and he's getting nine a year. So, and they just the offensive line does not look good. Orlando Brown does not look like he deserves an extension at this point, and the right tackle is still a question mark. And Creed Humphrey, obviously being a rookie, is still getting used to everything. Right. At this point. So, I think I think Orlando Brown. I think he's going to end up back in the in a guard spot. He, he's well, just too slow. He's too slow. I think. I, I mean, he played really well at half a season at left tackle, and I just don't think. I think he's a right tackle or a guard. Yeah. And I think his uh, next extension will show that. I don't think anyone's going to take that chance on him as a tackle. I'm curious. Or a to left tackle. I'm curious to see how it works because that's why he didn't end up playing in Baltimore. Is because he he said I'm not playing right tackle. I was born to play the left tackle. So my dad played. My dad played that in Baltimore. I want to play left tackle. And my overarching statement has always been, tough shit, you're the second best left tackle in this roster. That means you play right tackle. Right. Get over it. Yeah. But looking back on it in retrospect, God, I wish I had him because Andre Villanueva is fucking terrible. <laughs> so I I can't. When we signed Andre Villanueva after we let Orlando go, I was like, there we go. Plug and play. Good for a year and a half. He is awful. Yeah. He was terrible at right tackle. He hasn't been as bad at left tackle, but... Max Crosby looked like like Nick Bosa <laughs> in week one. It was insane. Out there. Speaking of the Ravens, last game of the week, did you have anything to add on the Bills and Chiefs? No, no, we're okay. going to jump into the next one. We do have to start moving, though. We are, we're, we're taking time. We're at 45 minutes so far. Holy cow. Yeah, so we so we're halfway through, so we've got to start. We've got to start cooking here uh that was the greatest football game i think i may have ever watched it might be the most excited i've ever watched even over the 2012 super bowl uh just because i i wasn't expecting it even though even when we were down 19 i was like i feel like this game's not over like this i feel like something crazy is gonna happen and it was a complete uh flip of the script for the ravens nothing went right in the first three quarters everything went right they got the forward pass call that brought the touchdown back. Obviously, they I still, still went down scored. But it was a momentum swing for sure, yeah, though. The blocked Kalias Campbell. Oh, my God. Thank God he's healthy finally. Blocks yeah. the field goal. Keeps to a one-possession one game. Mark Andrews goes from no red zone touchdowns to two and two point two two-point conversions. He shows up and plays like the tight end that I know he is. Lamar Jackson finally proves to everyone that he can win games throwing the football. He can win games from behind. That that was the biggest. I mean, I don't think it's that great of a game because the Colts were one and three coming into yeah. this, so it's not. It was like, a great game when you look at down twenty-two to three with ten right. minutes left to play. Yeah, but then you add context to that. Yeah, it's easy yeah. to make blanket statements and be like, "Oh yeah, wasn't this impressive?" That's and what I told. That's what I. T- I think I was talking to Ethan about it after the game, and I was like, "That was a statement." When he's like, "The one and three Colts." 
Colts should not be a statement win. I was like, when you're down 19, when you're down 22 to three with 10 minutes left, the way that we had played the whole game, it right. was a statement win. It, it was more of a win for Lamar. It, I think. it shows the Ravens can come back against really bad teams in the fourth quarter. We've done it twice now. <laughs> yeah. So, it's on. but no <laughs> improvements. I, I do think the big takeaway there is definitely on Lamar's side. I think. Throwing the football, that I think that's going to be one of the best games that we've seen out that of is, quarterback of all time. That's the best game we've seen from him by far, I think. Um, his legs still looked good. He didn't take away that aspect, but he broke two or th- he set two NFL records and a franchise record as well that night. It was like um, best completion percentage when throwing over 40 times. Correct. And then like highest completion percentage for something else. And then that's also the franchise record for most passing yards in a game. Highest highest complete, completing percentage for someone throwing over 400 yards. 400 yards and I believe 40 completion. Correct. 40 so, so it was both of those was, yeah. was the highest. Yeah. And that's also the Ravens franchise record for passing in a single game. So he wasn't scared to throw it down the field for one. Like it was, it was honestly, it was a great game throwing the ball. So if there was any question that the Ravens get down behind and they have to start throwing the ball, they can't. Like, this is the game that you can go and say, yeah, yeah, we can. Rashad Bateman has not played a single down yet either. So the receiving course should get even better than it is currently. My last thing also, I've, it's a subtle flex more than anything. I've shown my my Tony Romo-esque ability to call plays before they happen. Mm-hmm. Last week, was it last week they played Denver, I think? Baltimore was down early, and I was I was on the phone with Shay and watching the game, and I was like, "We need a deep shot here. Like, I need them to load up and take the shot." And that was when Hollywood had the diving catch in the back of the end zone. And then in this game, when we we if we came out, got a first down, like ran it, got it to like second and two, and I was like, "I need a shot here, deep post, streak route, something." Corners are banged up, go deep, and that's when Hollywood caught that touchdown on the right sideline. So. I don't know what it is, but I've I've hit twice in the last two weeks. So what I'm hearing here is you're calling out the Monday night football broadcasting group and saying, "Listen, Owen Burke needs to be an NFL analyst for ESPN doing yes, Monday night football." I need I need it to be the Manning Manning Burke show on Monday nights. <laughs> okay, I, I wasn't shooting for that. The MMB show. We might be able to swing <laughs> you going on the regular crew because they're so horrendously bad. They are. I just got, <laughs> I've just gotten to the point where I mute it. I just can't like no. And I and I'm not trying to trash anyone is because it, is it Joe Buck and Joe Buck and no, no not. Joe Buck is Fox um, Fox yeah but no I I can't remember who who the crew is it it they change it every year but I mean I and I don't ever want to trash anyone for chasing their dreams and I'm like so happy for these people to to do all of these things that they've done but yeah that that crew is just not entertaining not to watch and especially now that they've given us the Manning crew. We were like, oh my gosh, like not having the Manning broadcast is miserable. I would love to see them actually do like a play by play color set. Yeah, that's the one thing about the Manning cast is it is slightly distracting because you're so intrigued by what they're saying and they're kind of funny and entertaining and they have yeah. good guests and you're like you stop paying attention to the game. To the game. But when it is like Packers Lions and the Packers are destroying them, you're like, I'm okay with this. I'm, yeah, I'd much rather watch that game. Right. Probably. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I've just muted Monday Night Football. I can't believe you. All right, let's jump in to the headlines. Unless, did you have something else you wanted to add to that no, game? We're good. Okay, I could go on for another hour, but we don't have the time. So we might we might cut something here to try to squeeze everything in. But um, we're gonna start. We're gonna talk about some of the headlines this week. 
Um, it's been a while since we've had this many headlines to kind of talk oh, about in one week. Hundred percent. Yeah. We might uh, we well, might skip a couple of these just because of time, but I think the big one that we have to talk about is John Gruden. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, I mean. I, I get where the criticism is coming from of like, okay, let's see all of the emails, just release it all. It feels like the NFL is protecting. I don't know who John Gruden pissed off in the NFL office, but yeah. he, he pissed somebody off, and that's why they chose to leak the couple emails that they did. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, but if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you do know, um, it was leaked that he sent some emails to the NFL Player Association president at the time. Or he still is the NFL. Uh, it, it was about him, wasn't it? Yeah, it was about him. It was when he worked for ESPN. And he was talking to the the football team's president of operations. Correct, time, right, yeah. Which, of course, somebody that works under Dan Snyder being racist. I couldn't fucking imagine wow, that. Wow, I would have thought that that would... Racism breeds racism there. That's Yeah, that's insane. But... Um, Said he said some racist and uh, homophobic racist, things. homophobic, sexist, like literally just about everything on he, he checked the box. So I think yeah. between him, you know, violating the mass mandates in preseason last year, I don't think that sat well with the league. And I just somebody was tired of him, and they said we're leaking this email, and and it was so bizarre the way that it happened too. That one email got leaked. And he stood up and he was like, oh, I didn't mean anything by it or whatever. And then and he said it and he was just like, I'd rather not address it anymore. I was like, too bad. Yeah. That is, you have to address it. And then a couple days later. Two days later. Uh, yeah, another email drops. And then you're like, okay, so somebody wants him gone. And they were just going to keep dropping emails until either the Raiders fired him or he quit. And it just feels like he quit. Um, so I'm happy that he's gone. I do wish that... Uh, I can say that he's happy that he's gone, and I do wish the rest of the emails would come out because I want to see. To be honest, I with think you. we could. I think the I think the NFL is very scared of having um, a Clipper situation. I can't remember their old Donald Sterling uh, Donald Sterling situation so. where it like stuff comes out and they're going to force him out of ownership. I I think we should. I think we should like if we have that issues going on in the NFL, like that is a crazy to me that that's 70 percent of the nfl are african-american 70 70 percent of the players are african-american right so the initial email that came out there's an issue he was he talked bad about the emergence of women of, as referees right he called roger goodell a couple bad names which i'm not a huge roger goodell fan either but right. you won't see me you know calling him anything on the air or in an email well i it's it's not even about that he called Roger Goodell those things or uh, the NFL Players Association president those things. It's it's about that he would even say those. Yeah, you can't – you have to realize where you're at, what you do, who's around you, and who – not who could be listening, who is listening because yeah. I guarantee you somebody is. So there's multiple assets or facets that he really just fucked up in. Yeah. In the long run. It's honestly just a waste. That's what it comes down to. I feel bad for the Raiders. They shouldn't have signed him to a $100 million contract to start with, but it does kind of suck that he's out after three years. Yeah, I mean, that's who I feel worse for is, one, these players that have developed a relationship with this guy who they think they can trust and and cares about him, and maybe he doesn't. Maybe he says things behind these guys' back that – yeah, and and he was he was caught using homophobic slurs, and Carl Nassib is the 
first openly gay player on the regular season NFL roster. Right. And plays underneath John Gruden. John Gruden. So it's like, yeah, I feel I really feel bad for those guys. Feel that, bad for the players and the fans yes. more than anything. Yeah. So, I mean, sorry, John Gruden. I think, uh, I mean, the Bucks already took him out of their ring of honor already. Yeah, which I was, I was surprised. It is funny to me that, like, ESPN... Like, obviously, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's covering the story. Like, yeah. ESPN is over here talking about him and, like, how all these bad things are happening when all the things that they're talking about happened when he was an ESPN employee. employee. Right. Yeah. So, 100%. yeah. If you're ESPN, like, you're like, just don't even talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you just got to bite it. Because, yeah, you're like, oh, wait a minute. We're trashing. We, we allowed this to happen, too. Wait, yeah. maybe we're the bad guys here, ESPN too. ESPN allowed it to happen. Yeah, Bef- more than more than the Raiders did. ESPN already doesn't have a great record with how they handle some of the political controversies and things yeah. like that. Like, definitely not. They are, uh, yeah, an interesting, interesting spot to say the least. Yeah, but so I mean, do you have any other thoughts you wanted to add? Not really. It's, it's. I think S- Stephen A. talked about it, and he was really calm about it. And this was before the second batch came out when he was just talking about the first one. And he didn't think he should be fired or anything like that. And he's like, Michael Irvin was like, why do you, why are you so calm about this? He's like, it's kind of just the expectation at this point, you know, like, which is extremely sad. Yeah. Extremely sad. So, yeah, I, I don't understand. And is it wrong? Like, I wouldn't say that I feel bad for John Gruden, but like. I don't feel bad for him at all. It's just. There's so many, like, he is not, I guarantee he's not the only coach currently, and he's not the only coach within the last five years that talked the way that he did. No, no, and I, I, and, but that doesn't make it right, but. It definitely doesn't make it right, and it doesn't make me feel bad for him. It's just, like, it's terrifying that, like, five to ten years ago, that's the norm. My, my dad always had a saying that I loved growing up. Um, you should say half the things you think, and you should write half of those things that you say. So if if you're gonna be an idiot and and think these things, don't say it. Yeah. And then if you're gonna be an idiot and and be a really big idiot and say these things, don't write them Definitely down. Definitely don't write them down. And and the he, fact that he left like this paper trail of emails is just the the cherry on top. Really. I'm almost glad that he got exposed by being such a big idiot. But like, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel bad for him at all. But yeah, I think I think there's a bigger issue at hand here. And I'm not a and I and I here's the other thing I'll say is I'm not against firm coaching. Like yeah. I look at the way college basketball is coached and I have no problem with like No issues. Because every year who's the Michigan State head coach? Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo. Every year during the tournament, Tom Izzo screams at some kid and it ends up on the news. And I'm like, that's sometimes you gotta get your ass chewed to like well, that is how out. that's how it works. There is there is lines that you do not cross. Right. And you know, well, that that's what I'm trying to say with John Gruden is like, Izzo can be a hard coach, but he doesn't have to call the kid some homophobic slur. Yeah. He doesn't have to like jab at his race. Like you can just coach these people and be hard on them, and like without using this language that's harmful or hurtful to anyone. Yeah. Without going at yeah, and which, which that I feel like that was the norm. And like, I'm not saying we have to be soft. We don't have to like you know what I mean. We can be hard on people, but we have to just choose our language a little bit more carefully. Yeah, yeah, because I, I I feel like. John Gruden going up to Carl Nassib in film study after Carl Nassib gets destroyed by Trent Williams or whatever happens, and he's like, quit playing with a vagina between your legs or something like that, and you're like, oh, let's, you know, yeah. you got to really, let's choose our words here. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of coaches, 
Not a lot of coaches. Some coaches don't. I, and, I just think it's the world we live in, and I think the NBA is is on the forward press of it, of, of being, you know what I mean, the most forward-thinking professional sports league. And, I agree, yeah. And, and it could bite the NFL in the ass if they don't start cleaning some of the shit up and, and getting it out. Luckily for the NFL, they're not last because the MLB is pretty damn bad about oh, it. Oh, the N- MLB is probably the worst. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Like The NBA is like at the top of the charts and at the front of the the race for a lot of yeah. these things. And it sucks for the NFL, but they can always fall back. At least we're not the MLB because they're like 30 years behind in just about everything. Yeah. I don't, I don't follow hockey enough to know how bad or good hockey is. Yeah, but... I definitely don't either. So maybe that's something we should step up on. Yeah. We don't have enough time as is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to start watching hockey and keeping up with current hockey issues. Yeah, look out look out for that. Um let's just skip kicking. We're not You've heard everybody talk about it. It's yeah. a mess in the NFL. It's very weird. Um well definitely maybe we should talk about it more when we try to figure out when we actually figure out what's happening. Yeah, right. there's another deflate gate going on, but we'll wait until oh, further facts come out. We're not going to talk about deflate gates anyways. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it either. ESPN talked about it. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, er, let's talk about Urban Meyer. Um, oh God, yeah. What a what a mess! I'm not even going to go over this situation. If you don't know, he was basically you're living under a rock. If you don't know, yeah, he was grinding on a girl in a bar. And not he, his wife. Not his wife. And he skipped. He didn't fly back with the team. Stayed in Ohio to see his family. And I put that in air quotes for those of you who can't can't see us right now, which is all of you. Yeah. Um, and now he gets busted in a bar. You know he's drunk. I get it's, you're sad that you lost, but man, you gotta it's such a whore. Like again, how stupid are you? Right, you stiff your team and don't ride back with them after a loss, a tough loss to Cincinnati at that. You stay in Ohio, which you know that's where your family is. You have a restaurant there. Right, like, yeah. Okay, I'm staying with my family. You don't stay at home with your wife. You go out to your bar, your own restaurant that turns into a nightclub at night. I've actually eaten there. The food's pretty good. Oh, right. But it is kind of weird because like right at like 9 or 10, they clear all the tables out and it becomes like a club. I've seen that before. Yeah. So, And then you start grinding up on a girl in the bar in your own restaurant while your wife is at home babysitting your kids. Right. How, I don't understand like how much more dumb someone could be. Now listen, if Bill Belichick does this, complete different context. Man 100% has, different. Man has six Super Bowl rings. and But if your team is 0-4... And you've already been at the center of headlines because you play Alabama every yeah. week. Like, just, all the, just the way that he's handled everything. What situation has he handled correctly so far? None of them. I don't think there's been a single thing where I'm like, good job, Urban Meyer. I don't think there's been a single moment. Tim Tebow, his strength coach, uh, I'm forgetting something else in here. This situation, uh, him being hot, caught on hot mic saying every week it's like playing Alabama. You're like, yeah, no shit. It's the NFL. Yeah, it's the fucking NFL, dummy. Right. Like, yeah, what did you expect? Like, we have guys that played at Alabama last year. We have guys that played at Alabama 13 years ago. Right, That's exactly. Of course it's going to be like that. Yeah. So it's just it's the lack of self awareness with Urban Meyer. I think recently that's that's bit him in the butt of just not understanding the context of what he where he's at right now. The whole the whole Trevor Lawrence QB sneak situation. The the not microman. He's. I feel like less people have heard about this because this is something that I didn't hear about Trevor Lawrence. uh, Yeah, that I was reading about. So he got asked on the fourth and one play, why didn't you do a QB sneak there? Um, why did you hand the ball off to Carlos Hyde? And his answer was, uh, Trevor's not ready to run the QB sneak. He's not comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Well, the next person they interview 
is of course Trevor Lawrence on the podium, and they're like, first question gets asked was, are you not comfortable running the QB sneak under center? And Trevor Lawrence immediately goes, no, I'm ready to run whatever coach wants me to run, and like, and you're like, you're like, oh my gosh, this guy can't have a worse week. Like, what, like, what did you first? What did you expect a rookie quarterback to say? Right. Like, you're like, no, I'm terrified. Like, well, I don't. But why is the coach throwing him under the bus? Though, like, yeah, you can't. You gotta have. You gotta be aware of what you're saying because yeah. even if it's true, you lie. Hundred percent. No, we thought it was the best play to get us into score right there. That's yeah. all you have to say there. Instead of being like, "Oh, I'm not comfortable with Trevor Lawrence running it." Of course, yeah. Trevor Lawrence is going to say, "Yeah, I'm ready to run it." What, like, what? 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 Even Davis Mills is like, "Yeah, I'll like, fucking hand it to me. I don't care." Like, right, yeah. And then they asked him about like, "Why would you have Carlos Hyde in?" James Robinson has almost 150 rushing yards against the Titans defense. Why is he not in the game? Why is Carlos Hyde in the game? And he said, I try not to micromanage who's in the game at certain situations. If I'm Urban Meyer, my biggest goal is to just not get fired before the end of the season. If he does that, this man's NFL career was a success. When you start a Madden franchise as a coach, you set your goal, and it's like four wins, seven (laughs) wins, make the playoffs, make the Super Bowl. His is like, don't get canned. Just don't get fired Which, like, for for the way it's going right now, I feel like there's a low chance of that happening. I I feel like he's gonna be gone for. There's no. I mean, if let if they're zero and eight, he's gonna get fired. He's got to get fired. Yeah, because I'm I'm usually against firing coaches in the middle of the year because I'm thinking like who who are you really gonna bring in in the middle of the year? Obviously, all the good candidates are gonna be at the end of the year. But like, it's not that he doesn't bring anything to the table. He's bringing negative things to the table. Right. There's he might actually be hurting the development of Trevor Lawrence at this point. The the development of the team at this point. So, alrighty, we are gonna. You're gonna read an ad. One more ad here for, or not one more, two more, but two more. second, second on the day. Um, a new Netflix original is out now. It is taking the world by storm. It's called Squid Games, uh, a story of people who fail at life for various different reasons, but suddenly receive a mysterious invitation to participate in a survival game to win more than thirty-eight million U.S. dollars. Uh, the game takes place at an unknown location, and participants are locked up inside until a final winner is decided. The story incorporates popular children's games from the 1970s to 80s in Korea, such as Squid Game, the literal transi- translation of its Korean name, which is a type of tag where offense and defense use a squid-shaped board drawn in the dirt. Watch now on Netflix for one month for free and 30... 30- Thirteen ninety nine monthly afterwards. I have watched Squid Game. It was very, very good. I did watch a, it. I wasn't a huge fan of the ending, but mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's because I didn't understand as much as I should. But my wife won't watch anything that's uh, what's the word I want to use here is a uh, has any suspense to it. Really? Because I get snappy and I like have to jitter and stuff like that. So really? she just watched it without me. She said it was great. She said it was great? Yeah. but I'd love to pick her brain on the ending because I am curious about it. I think on. she said the second episode was wild and she said the last episode was even wilder. She wasn't ready for it. Yeah. So she's normally someone that it's like horrible to watch movies with too because she'll like call the ending. That's how my dad is. And you're like, I hate watching movies with and you. And actually that's how I am. I'm... I'm I'm somewhat decent at it, but I don't say it. I keep it to myself. I, yeah. Or like I'll say like I'll I'll like. The great I'll, part is I know she doesn't listen to this, so I can just trash her. On <laughs> like I'll announce that I know, but I won't say. I'll be like, oh shit, mm-hmm. and then my girlfriend's like, what? And I'm like, I think I know what's about to happen, but I'm not gonna ruin for you. Not gonna ruin, which it. is kind of worse than just saying it. Yeah, but but it's kind of taken over over right now. It's, it has it's like one of the popular. The, so they wear like in the show. 
the all the contestants wear like the white slip on vans. Mm-hmm. Apparently, sales around the world have went up like seven hundred percent since the show came out. Wow, good for vans. And like people are like fighting. They did a pop up shop in France, and they like had to call like riot squad out to like break up fights outside the oh shop. Oh my god, people are. St- I don't know why people get so into these shows. Like a one off show that's eight episodes long, and they're like, "I will punch you in the mouth for that green jacket." Yeah, I'm like the most boring person. I watch a lot of HGTV when I'm not we watching watch football. Sports. Like, yeah. yeah, I play video games. I don't watch much for shows to be 100 honest. Oh yeah, I listen to I listen to sports radio probably more than the average 25 year old does. Yeah, and I'm surprised I don't listen to more than I do. I love it. I just hate I hate that I love it because it's such an old school form of media. But like all of my idols would be radio guys guys that started out in radio and either do simulcast now or you know street everybody switched over streaming on youtube but i can't wait till we start simulcasting wait for that buyout it's gonna Uh, it's gonna happen hey we are open to offers that's true yeah send them in man we are yeah there's no such thing as a low ball (laughs) we will do anything You know what? We will clean up the Fox Sports facilities. We'll be I the will. janitors there. I will. I'll, I'll be the janitor, and then we'll do our show after we finish cleaning. After we finish. At right. 2 a.m. Yeah, care. we'll be the dead air time. We, we have no problem with that. Fine. All right, let's jump into hot and cold. All right. Do you want to go first this week, or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. This okay. Week. So uh, my cold take, uh, the Seahawks are in a bad spot. I think everybody kind of knows this. The Russell Wilson alone is you know the main reason but i think even with russell wilson healthy we talked about it earlier i feel like a team that's just thrown draft picks around and went the all-in method and haven't seen the results that like the rams have had absolutely because the rams are also all in the thing is that they were they look like it they were three and oh and they've played extremely well through five weeks so far um the running backs have always had injury issues no matter who it is chris carson has his issues but the, the last three or four running backs Basically, ever since Marshawn Lynch retired, have had injury issues. Um, they have talent in the wide receiving room. The offensive line's not great; it never has been. It was okay in their super. It was pretty good in their Super Bowl run, but what they hit that mark where like they had the fifteen, and instead of paying them all, they decided not to. But the issue is they didn't replace them all. Right. At all. Um, it's a tough balancing act with yeah, the offensive Bobby line. Bobby Wagner is still an animal. Yeah. Jamal Adams is solid in the box. Quandre Diggs has been a nice surprise in their secondary. The corners haven't been great. And the, the pass rush has been better. Carlos Dunlap's really kind of found a second leg of his career in Seattle. But overall, it's just there's not – there's they can't get over the hump, they, I feel like. It, they feel like a team that needs some kind of change. So whether that's Pete Carroll getting fired and I'm somebody really else coming in. I'm really curious to see if he lasts after this year. It, they just need something that's going to reignite that team. I don't, I don't know what the answer is there. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say it's probably a head coaching change just to get the environment and the feel different in the building. Yeah, I think it's time to, to reset. There's just certain points your franchise will get to, whether you think you need a coaching change or not, where, like, you need the culture change. Right. Yeah, even if it's just a different message. Which, I mean, the USC job might be open at the end of the year. Yeah. So, He can't never last super long. This is, I think this might be his longest job, but... He, I definitely think it is. Yeah, he normally does great for, like, five or six years, and then his message gets a little worn... Because I think he's a true college coach guy where he's, you know, all about the energy and they do, like, Which the, he's, the fun stuff. He's and, succeeded more than most. Yeah, so, yeah, so far. Urban I, Meyer's not winning a fucking Super Bowl. Oh, he's much. a Hall of Fame coach, I think, at this yeah, point. Yeah, 100%, I would agree. Yeah. When you look at overall, definitely, definitely. Uh, my hot take this week, and 
I honestly, I I felt this way since he was hired. Um, my next hot take is obviously about the Cowboys because we don't talk about them enough. Um, I do not think that the Cowboys will win a Super Bowl with Mike McCarthy as their head coach. Um, it's not as a as hot of a hot take as I really want it to be. I do think it's still kind of up there just because of how well they are playing right now and how talented they are. I just I don't I I can't see it at all. I I I look at the playoffs and obviously you're in a win and go home format. I don't see them as a one seed going in. So you're looking at a wild card game, a division game, a a conference title game, and then the Super Bowl. I think in one of those four spots he is going to get absolutely outcoached. When I look at the coaches that they're going to come up against, I I can't see him not even out coaching someone else, but just not being out coached at least once. The the thing I will say that I think is intriguing this year is they very well might have home field advantage all the way to the NFC Championship. They very yeah. easily could finish as the second seed this year. I mean, heck, they could be the first seed. They could. They, they you know what I mean. They so could. they could have home field advantage for a lot of their games in the playoffs. So I think that'll be interesting to see, but. I think this will come to fruition this year. Like they have no excuse this year. The Cowboys do so far. Outside of outside of an injury bug hitting like it did last year, it would be the only thing they they've played well. The defense isn't great, but it's been it's gotten better and it's still getting better. I I haven't seen the plateau yet in their growth defensively. So I think if they keep growing, it's just when I like I if they don't get home field advantage, like if they have to go to Green Bay, they yeah. are screwed. Oh, 100%. For, for a team that plays in a dome like that to have to go to Green Bay in January or February, it will it kills teams. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty for them. Greg the Leg has struggled in a in in Jerry's world. I don't right. want to see what he has to do in negative ten degrees in Green Bay with a you know twenty mile an hour crosswind. I, I really you say it's not a hot take. I really do think it's a hot. Do you take think it's right that? Th- I and also like I think the window is closing because their money situation is only going to get worse and worse. Oh yeah, they're gonna financially they're a mess. At least they still have all their first round picks. God bless them. But yeah. like yeah, they're they're mon- the only way teams like this with such big money issues, you have to start like they have to hit on two or three guys for them to be starters going forward on in every draft class. Which luckily I think they've done so far. Uh, Michael Parsons, I think, was a very, very good pick. CeeDee Lamb, not the biggest need by far, but it Still does. a good pick, yeah. It, it, he's a, it's a good pick, and I think most importantly, now this is where I wouldn't say it's like the one move that's going to send him either way, but like if they keep Amari Cooper after his contract is expired and they sign him to another big money deal, they're screwed. Think so. You can't, you cannot afford a twenty million dollar receiver when Ceedee Lamb and Michael Gallup are your twos, right? And your three, you can't because Ceedee Lamb can be a one, maybe not easily, maybe not right this second, but he by might the not time that a- contract ex- expires, he hundred percent should be. And Michael Gallup is a perfectly fine number two. Right. I'm, I'm living with that. So as much as Amari Cooper may be worth twenty million dollars, I cannot pay him twenty million dollars with the guys that I have behind him. And it's the same thing with Zeke. His his contract's huge. You look at they're they're they have I think three if not four offensive linemen that are getting paid over three, ten million dollars a right year. Now, yeah, Dak's worth the money. Demarcus Lawrence continues to get hurt is another issue with your money wise defensively. And then I look elsewhere. You look at Jalen Smith. You just had to eat a bunch of dead cap from cutting him. You have to decide what you want to do with Leighton Van Der Esch going forward. Keanu Neal's on a one year deal. It's like. A lot of their key pieces defensively are are on short term deals as well. 
So as good as the defense has looked, Keanu Neal's contract expires. Randy Gregory's contract expires. Right. I think Demarcus Lawrence expires after the next two years. And then you have to worry about paying Leighton Vander Esch. I think his expires this year. And then going forward, if Trevon Diggs develops and Micah Parsons develops, it is four to five years down the line. But you're going to have to worry about paying those guys down the line as well. So yeah. it, it's just one of those things that if they don't win this year, I don't think they're going to win at all. But if it doesn't happen this year, the window gets cut very quickly again. Yeah. And if they made a big move at the trade deadline, it wouldn't surprise me just with where they're at. Um, I think I, hopefully they have the self-awareness to to know that this might be their window and it might be closing quicker than they realize. They could be the Seahawks in a couple of years very easily. Yeah, they they've got to they have to make a move without acquiring a large contract. Yeah, because you look like Leo Collins gets ten, Tyron Smith is twelve, Zach Martin is fourteen, Zeke is fifteen, Amari Cooper's twenty, Demarcus Lawrence is twenty one, Dak is twenty is, is forty. Yeah. So it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's just a lot of money. It's the Chiefs and the Chiefs are struggling with that right now too. I yeah. think Tyron Matthew, Joe Thune, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Patty all get over ten as well right Did now. Did you say D Ford? Did I say Frank Clark or D Ford? I think you, oh, you said Frank Clark. Yeah. yeah, D Ford's in San Francisco, yeah. which that trade is still mind-boggling that it ever happened as well. But it's just so, like, it, it's it's an issue because the things that are going well, you're going to have to pay pretty yeah. quickly here. So. It's, it's two, there's two theories to build a team. Either build it with a lot of okay pieces and have depth, and you know what I mean? Or you can go Rams, Seahawks. You have a, Chiefs. You have next generational talent in all these spots, but you have no debt because you're paying yeah. your top five or eight guys are getting a majority of the salary cap. You you have to live or die by five or six guys, and they can't be offensive linemen, right? And you have to be and they can't like, get hurt. There's so many what ifs that have to happen on that. Like you have to live by these five or six guys. They can't get hurt. None of those six guys can be offensive linemen, and you have to be in that sweet spot of like the fifteen to ten where I'm not paying my offensive line, but they're also very good. When when those teams have success, it's most of the time it's when their quarterbacks are on rookie deals. Yeah. So the Chiefs, when Patty was on his rookie deal, for the Rams, when Jared Goff was on that rookie deal, like it wasn't a cap bind, and then all of a sudden you pay Goff, and he's not good enough. Because you have less money to spread around now, yeah, less was, talent. Exactly, it's very short-term success. Correct. When you live by that. So that's definitely something to worry about for the Cowboys, and it's something to worry about for the Chiefs as well going forward. All right, my cold take I've got here is Joe Brady will be a head coach next year. I mean, this man has turned Sam Darnold, who a lot of people thought was a bust and his career was over at this point, to a guy who was arguably one of the best players through I four think, weeks. Yeah, I think outside of last, through four weeks, yes, 100%. He had a stumble this last week. Right. But he's still, I believe, 10th or 11th in passing yards. He still has five rushing touchdowns. On Even the if he turns Sam Darnold into a top 15 guy in the NFL, I think it gets Joe Brady a head coaching job If, in the if NFL. he turns him into a top 15 quarterback, I'm like, yeah, this guy's legit. 100%. But if he can even make him to a, like a Tyrod Taylor where I'm like, he's not great, but I'm like, there's definitely a lot worse that's a that's a huge win yeah for he, sam Darnold and for joe brady so if your team's looking for a head coach joe brady is probably going to be one of the names that's talked about a lot younger guy had that great season with joe burrow um 
So keep your eye on him. Um, but that's a cold take. I think a lot of people are saying that now. I haven't I haven't heard that one, but I definitely see why I it should be a, be a cold take. I might be a nerd for the coaching carousel though, so maybe it's just like my circles that I, I read I don't a lot know if, about. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if you're a nerd, but I think you're definitely more in tune with it than I am. Um, so you look like a nerd compared to me. Yeah, probably. Um, my hot take, Cam Newton will play again in the NFL. I'm curious to hear your reasoning for this one. Because so, I read it and I was like, oh, this would be a fun discussion. Of course I have reasoning behind this. Um, one, I'm looking at the draft class next year, okay. and I'm not super excited about a lot of stuff. Not blown away by the quarterbacks, really. And and nobody, yeah, nobody screams to me like, okay, yeah, this is the guy. Like, Kyler Murray looked like the guy. Trevor Lawrence was one of those guys that we were talking about going in. Even Trey Lance last year was Trevor, a guy. Yeah, like, there's always at least one who's like, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. Yeah. Even if they weren't great, like Johnny Manziel. Like, well, Joe Burrow falls into the other category of he had a breakout year, so he kind of popped onto the scene. Zach Fair Wilson enough. was that way last year. Yeah, Josh but, Allen. Josh Allen. Um, but, like, Justin Herbert's year. Like, we, sometimes you see these guys coming up. Everybody, there was a lot of talk that Spencer Rattler was going to be, he might not be the starting quarterback for Oklahoma going forward, and so he's definitely not going to be the number one pick this yeah, year. he was, I still think he's going to be drafted, not in the first round. Yeah. I definitely think a team is probably going to take a shot on him. Right. In the fifth or the sixth, barring any change where he finally starts to look good. But, like, he's just a situation of, like, He's a kind of a cocky asshole, and you've got to be really, really, really good at football to get away with it. Right. And he's not even marginal yeah. at this point. So next year's draft class, quarterback-wise, doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've just looked at some of these teams around the league, and you're like, I mean, would Pittsburgh be better this year with Cam Newton? Yes. Nope. Would the Washington football team be better this year with Cam Newton? Yes. Would Miami probably be a better team this year with Cam Newton? I would think so. So do you think it'll be the off season before he's picked up? I think I don't think I don't see him playing for a team this, this season. Year? I think okay. it would have happened, but I do think I don't think his NFL career is over, and I think he's going to come in somewhere with a legit chance to start. I could see that. I definitely think that's more viable. When I remember when we originally talked, I think I think I said that he was done. I definitely. That might be an overstatement. I could definitely see him playing next year. I do think he's done this year because you're looking at a lot of those situations. Remember when we were talking about it, like he was – it's like, would the Steelers be better? Yes, but I'm not going to uproot Big Ben for Cam right, just right. to win eight games instead of six. But next year it's different. Big Ben's expired. He's not only on roster. Houston, I think, is in a spot where, yeah, like do you – I mean, have you seen enough out of Davis Mills by the end of the season to keep him as is the Tyler guy? Tyrod Taylor still there? Right. Is Deshaun Watson still at free safety? Uh, but are you, are you digging Tyrod Taylor over Cam Newton? I the way Tyrod Taylor played, I definitely think that there's a QB battle there. Maybe, but at least he's going to get brought in and, and give yeah. a shot for Tyrod. Like I think if Tyrod Taylor's healthy, I I wouldn't have brought I wouldn't bring Cam Newton in. Yeah, at that I, point. Well, I'd even bring him in because Tyrod gets hurt so much. You know, and sometimes that's, that's not even Tyrod's point. fault. But he got hurt in Cleveland. I feel so bad for that guy. L.A. He didn't really get hurt. He just got stabbed by a doctor. Uh, but Houston, he's gotten hurt. So it's I'm curious I mean, to see if Davis Mills is going to break the pattern of franchise quarterbacks popping out after he goes down. Right, because Tyrod Taylor was. You know actually who the last quarterback that started a game for Baltimore before Well, I guess it wouldn't have been before Lamar Jackson started. This is super random cuz mm-hmm. I just Tyrod was Joe Flacco's backup all those years, but Was he really? Yeah, Tyrod, yeah, people didn't know that. That's where he started at. Huh. So he got hurt actually. 
And I remember week 17, Baltimore played. It was one of our worst years, one of our worst uniforms. We had gold pants on that game. Uh, it was before Joe Flacco came back, played six games, and Lamar took over. You know who our starting quarterback was? Ryan Mallett. Ryan Mallett. Yeah. You know where Ryan Mallett started his career? Yeah. Wasn't New England? Yeah, he's a New England guy. That's what I thought, yeah. University of Arkansas, Ryan Mallett. Yeah, it's super weird. I, like, I thought of Tyron Taylor because I thought he was the last guy before Lamar took over, but I forgot that Ryan Mallett definitely played for us for two games. If you're a hard knocks geek like me, he was on the Houston, the year that Houston Texans were with Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Because it was him and Brian Hoyer duking it out. Brian Hoyer won that starting job that year. That's, yeah. But, all right, we're getting off topic here. And yeah, we're we don't have time, time for this. We, yeah, we don't. Um, We're in an hour 20 here, so... We're going to probably skip pick one this week. Um, yeah. We'll probably transplant them into next week's episode for you. Okay. We still will try to run through Pump the Brakes. and I'll try to keep it quick. Yeah, and we and we only have a couple of games to preview, so we're just trying to make sure Shay doesn't kill us. Yeah, so. that's true. Got to keep the fossil size small. Yes. Um, Lamar Jackson is a better passer than we think. I'm on the gas pedal here. Yep. I've said it for a long time. It was just about stringing throws together in a single game. I've seen we've all like I've seen the flashes many a times and I've seen many good games, but every single time he has a good game and a lot of people are still doing it. So like it was the Colts without their top three corners. Right. Like he threw for three fifty against Miami last year and we hung fifty on him week one. So yes, he's a lot better passer than a lot of people give him credit. No, he's not Patrick Mahomes. No, he's not Tom Brady. But like he is a lot better than a lot of people know he is. The, the running with his passing ability that people underestimate is what is going to make him dangerous going forward. Hundred percent. Um, the Chiefs are in trouble mi- missing the playoffs. I'm going to pump the brakes. I think it's 17-game season. I think, like I said, I do believe that they will make the adjustment. It is when is it going to happen? Because right. it's going to have to happen pretty quickly. Sooner uh, than later, for sure. Yeah, the Chargers have looked good, and that division is still s- solid. But I think I still, if I had to pick an over-under 10 wins, I'm still betting if, if, if the over-under was at 9.5, I'm still betting the over, to be 100% honest with you. Knowing what we know now, I would say Denver's trending down. Las Vegas is obviously trending down. They just yeah. lost their head coach. So if I'm, the, if I'm a Chiefs fan, this is good news for me because yeah. Denver's looked nothing but a fraud these last couple of weeks. So um, there's still a shot. you got a chance to turn this around. So I, I would probably agree with that one. Yeah, 100%. Um, the 2018 QB class should be should have been drafted in reverse order, not including Josh Rosen. Will you, do you have the order by chance? Oh, uh, I haven't memorized. I can tell you. So go for it. First pick was Baker Mayfield. Second pick was Sam Darnold. Third pick was Josh Allen, and then fourth pick was uh, Josh Rosen, and then Rosen fifth pick Lamar. was Lamar Jackson. Um, I would pump the brakes on this. Majority reason because Darnold would be over Baker at that point. So you take Rosen out. Right. The order. So you drop him out. So let's let's. So it would be Lamar. Yep. Allen. Allen. Darnold, Darnold. Baker. I definitely would put Baker over Darnold. And obviously, my bias has Lamar over Josh Allen. I think in the long run, a lot of people would put Josh Allen over Lamar. Yeah. I definitely think it's more accurate flipped than it is originally, where it's Baker, Darnold, yeah. Allen, Rosen. Lamar. I think. I think. This year, for me, has shown that Darnold's actually maybe a better quarterback than we were led to believe. But his Baker's yeah. not as good as we, pro- he, we were led to believe exactly. as well. 
Ask me this question week 17. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. Like, I want to I wanna look back on this because you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Lamar Jackson's playing like an MVP again. Josh Allen has looked good, but he hasn't flown off the page. Right. Josh Rosen's obviously not part of this. Yeah. Sam Darnold's looked better than we thought. Baker Mayfield's looked worse than we thought. I thought it was such a great one in my mind. And I was like, oh, shit, Josh Rosen. Yeah, I that's t- true. You, you definitely got to kick Josh Rosen out of the I, I totally, like, I was doing it. I was like, yeah, I would probably take Darnold over Baker. And I would definitely take Allen over Darnold. And, oh, yeah, I'd probably take Lamar over Allen or there'd be at least an argument for it. And I was like, I'm like, I feel like I'm missing. I'm like, ah, oh, Rosen. Rosen at 10. I was like, I always forget about that pesky little guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Besides, That's the same thing when I talked about Spencer Rattler. That's, there's example A. You got to be pretty damn good to get away with being an asshole. I always wish he played for the Patriots. I wish we had traded for him when the Cardinals got rid of him. I don't know why you don't pick him. I think he's in San Fran. No, he's not in San Fran anymore. He's somewhere. He's definitely on a roster. I was trying to think of where he was. But, yeah, he was on San Francisco's. Or no, he went to Tampa Bay's practice squad for a little bit, and then he I, might still be there. I thought he went there after San Francisco, but we're doing it again. Okay, Washington football team should trade for Rodgers or Watson. Heck, we can throw Wilson on this list because who knows by the end of the season if Wilson wants out. But yeah, I it, it doesn't matter the name that you put there. I'm going to agree with you because this is a team now. Before this year, hundred percent because last year they had a top five O line, top five defense. They had. Uh, Terry McLaurin, they had Antonio Gibson. I'm like, this team is literally... It feels stacked. You you drop literally any quarterback in there, and I'm like, this team competes. It doesn't even have to be in Rodgers. I like throw... Like, give me, like, the 13th best quarterback. Give me Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan. Like, right. somebody just marched Derek Carr. I'm like, this team is a Super Bowl contender. Right, I agree. You know, I wouldn't bet on that team winning at that point because the quarterback does kind of decide it in the long run. But it's it's a very good football team. Now, granted, I don't know what's going on with their defense. They've been god-awful this year. They've been horrible. Obviously, losing Fitzmagic is hurt. But Taylor Heineke, he looks good. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't know if I would say good. He definitely has not looked bad by any he, He's a product of the system, though. Yeah. That that offense is so many weapons and is so good that Curtis uh, Curtis Samuels hasn't played yet. I don't think either. No, not it's like their their one two punch of receiver is going to be so good going forward. So I just feel like that like one quarterback away, and that 100%. and that I don't know what that defense needs to flip, but yeah, I, yeah, I they've, they've got to figure it out defensively. But uh, they're instant contenders if you drop any three of those QBs on there. Okay, I am going to explain this one just a little bit. Mahomes' career will end up looking like Brett Favre's now. Brett Favre, a gunslinger. The gunslinger. Yeah, the ultimate gambler gunslinger. Alt- a lot of talent. A lot of talent. Played for a Loads long time. Of talent, yeah. Won one Super Bowl. Won his entire career. And always came up short. The mistakes is what ultimately killed him. His you know I mean? mistakes. Yeah. I'm going to pump the brakes. I definitely think the arc is similar. It could I, be. I think right now that's what I'm seeing because the hero ball isn't working anymore. Right. It worked for the last two years. And that's how it was with Favre. It worked for the first couple of years, and then it kind of hit this like stage where you're like, yeah, Favre is still a great quarterback. We kept always, you know what I mean? Because 50% of the time it does work. It works. like, holy shit. When it works, insane. it's amazing, and yeah. it's highlights, and it's on Sports Center, so everybody talks about it. But like winning games-wise, it just wasn't good enough. It wasn't consistent. In the long run. Exactly. I would pump the brakes just because I think when I look at him, well, I think he's 24 years old. I think he plays, even if he plays till he's 35, he cuts it at 35. 
He's got 11 years. I think that he's got to win another one. I can't see. There's a lot of faith in the Chiefs organization to rebuild enough. Because, I mean, this core is great right now, but in five years, the core won't be good enough. They don't have to. Like, he's just, he's such a good talent where I think he does, he does stop playing hero ball to a certain extent. And I do believe that the Chiefs, I don't know if it's going to be Brett Veach or not. But I do think, like, they don't have to put that good of a team around him. Right. You don't have to stack the book for him. You give him marginal guys, and he's going to make those marginal guys that much better. All right. Last one I got for you. The Browns should just trade OBJ. I think you give up on it at this point. I, I kind of want to pump the bricks just because I don't know if anybody would truly go after him at this point. I don't think you get any. You paid a first rounder for him. If you got back a Fourth, fourth round, or a fifth, fourth. Yeah, you'd be pretty happy. At Stephon this point. Gilmore for a sixth. So I mean, yeah. It's, hey, so, there's a great spot. He'd fit right in in New England. Oh my god, I would hate that because I know he would be good for no reason. But I, I like. I think there's gonna. And then be, he'd leave and he'd suck. <laughs> so like, I could see the 49ers being interested because I think him and Shanahan's offense could be wildly entertaining. I think there'd be a couple teams interested that maybe maybe you sneak a third rounder out of somebody. I think he needs a change of scenery, if nothing else. He's like we talked about Pete Carroll and like needing a change of scenery there. I think that Odell needs a change of scenery at this point. All right. Next thing we're gonna do is have you read an ad. Uh, next thing up for us is a little word from our sponsor at Manscaped. They are known for helping guys groom their bodies. We should probably point out that a face is also a part of your body and that they make tools for that as well. Um, If you've ever wondered about using Manscaped products on your face, I do have some good news for you. Many of the products can be safe for your face, and a couple are even designed for facial use. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is something that we praise as the best of all worlds. It can groom all parts of your body and can be safe and effective for grooming your face. But, and there is a big but, while you use the trimmer for your face and body, you need to make sure you change out the blade when you use it on your face, keeping one specifically for your body and keeping one just for your face. The ability to change the blade is to keep from getting staph or bacterial infections from cross-contamination. Obviously, no one wants to shave any part of their body and then turn around and try to use it on your face. Just not sanitary. Not going to work in the long run at any point in time. So, what are our last things before we get out of here? Quick little, little run-through. little run-through here. Our, really, next week is kind of a sad week. Uh, we'll probably add some games to... There's, there's going to be, I guarantee you, there's at least one game that's going to be like, I think, I look at these three games, I think there's going to be a game that we don't have listed that will be the game of the week, undoubtedly. Probably. Like, Colts-Ravens wasn't supposed to be the best game of the week, and I think it was, by mm. far. I would. I mean, I think Chargers-Browns, but... Oh, yeah, I could, I, I could see that. But, but yeah. I, I think this week, we're going to have something come out of the blue, and it's going to be undeniable. It, there's a good chance of that. So, first game we got, Chargers-Ravens. I mean, obviously, there's a lot at play here for both these teams. I'm terrified. <laughs> I would be a little bit nervous. Like, if you played the Colts that tight, like, hey, who knows? This might be the momentum swing. You beat the Chargers, and then you think you're unbeatable, and you just go on a run, and this could be the Ravens. This could be the run starter. It also could be the stomp right in the face after building it. Because there's, like, losing momentum is one thing, but, like, building so much and just immediately getting punched in the mouth is, going off the, a cliff. is the worst thing. And if we play even a quarter and a half, two quarters the way that they did 
like they did the first three against Indy, they don't stand a chance. I hope Lamar throws the ball as well as he did last week because this uh, this game will be a shootout. That, I hope that, that I hope that he has the opportunity to. You're not going to get away with a slow start against this team. Definitely not. Not going to happen. Yeah, this is this, this is not a one and three Indianapolis Colts. You're going to have to score mid thirties to forties to win this game. Also, huge props. The Colts completely took away the run game. Right. They said we're going to make Lamar beat him, beat us with his arm, and goddamn it, he did. Yeah. And I, I don't think the Chargers' run defense is going to be as stout, but I'm curious to see. It's definitely going to be a really good game to watch. And I'm off on Sunday, so Ooh, nice. Hopefully, I'm actually able to watch it. Hopefully, it's on my YouTube TV. So, next one we've got is the Browns and Cardinals. Got a rebound if you're Cleveland, obviously. Right. Tough to bounce back from a loss when you had the game won in the fourth quarter, but you've got the undefeated Cardinals on the books. How many? How many good losses do we give the Browns? You know what I mean. Like that's they've that, gotten two. They've gotten but, two so far. Like, can we give them a pass on a third? Because at some point you have to beat playoff teams. Like, yeah. How many good losses can you have before you're just you like can't count them as good losses because you've had like they're just losses at one point. Right. You know? At some point they just become like okay, you guys are good enough to beat the bad teams, but you're not good enough to beat good teams. You are Kirk Cousins if he was a football team. Correct. Like, right. That's. You've got to step past that at some point. Uh, so that would be my big thing for Cleveland. Um, the thing that sucks is I feel like week one was the time that they should have done it when you look at where the Chiefs are at now. Because I, I feel bad trying to – I mean, honestly, they should have done it against the Chargers. But now you're like, I can't expect it out of them now because the Cardinals are 5-0 and the best team in football. Right. So, yeah, I am curious to see how good the Browns' defense does. Um I think they have a shot of slowing down Kyler Murray if if any that's team so does, just because that that defense is just such a beast. It's that's honestly this is it. They really don't have another like they have Baltimore twice, obviously, but like they have the Packers after that, right? Because they play the AFC West this year and the NFC West. So they play the Cardinals, Broncos, Steelers, Bengals, Patriots, Lions. They have the Ravens back to back. Actually, they go Ravens by week. Ravens again, Ooh. which is really weird. Kind of went off that bye week. That yeah, for sure. and then Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. So like, the Bengals might shock. Actually, that might actually be kind of a test. And then you obviously have the Packers. You have the Ravens twice. You have the Cardinals. On that, you got Broncos, Patriots, Lions, Raiders. So you got you got to start winning some games, otherwise yeah. you're going to watch them fall into this wild card spot, and they're they going to be playing games beat, on the road. They have to beat Baltimore once, and I think they have to slip the upset over either over Arizona or Green Bay. I think they've got to slip. Got to get one, one of them in. They've got to slip two of those four games in the long run. Uh, last game, and this one's kind of a stretch: is Bills and Titans. Definitely uh, is. We're getting our exercise with this stretch. Yeah, right this is this is this is a reach for sure. Uh, Titans have obviously been disappointing to this yeah. point. Preseason, this is. You're like, this, ah, this yeah, is. you circle this game. But, yeah. yeah, so far, I mean, I don't know who's going to be back for Tennessee at that point. Um, I think they're supposed to have A.J. Brown back at that point. Gotcha, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're expecting one of them to be back. Uh, for Tennessee, I would say it's a must-win game, but their division stinks. Yeah. So there might be a chance that they can lose this game pretty badly and still somehow sneak into the playoffs. So. Still sneak in, yeah. The Bills, again, keep proving us wrong or keep proving us right. If you believe in the Bills, keep proving those people right. Keep proving other people wrong. You punch the Chiefs in the mouth. You've pitched two shutouts. Here's my challenge. Hold Derrick Henry to under 50 yards rushing. 
They have had one of the best rush defenses in the league, but second half Derrick Henry has been an absolute animal. There's been two games now where he had under 50 yards at halftime, and he ended with over 150. So take the challenge. Do what Baltimore did in the playoffs last year. Hold this guy to under 50 yards rushing. It's impossible. A.J. Brown played last week. I don't know what I'm saying. but yeah. Did he? I thought he was out. No, he played last week. Oh, he was out against the Jets. Yes, That's he was what it was. A, yeah, they were both out against the Jets. They had A.J. Brown last week. So. so, yeah, so for the Bills, go out with your goal to hold him under 50 and just hold him under 100 in the long run. Yep. I need you to punch Derrick Henry in the mouth, make Ryan Tannehill beat you. That's your best chance of winning. I would agree. I think I think you take away the run if you're Buffalo and then and then hope for the best. But, yeah, besides that, nothing, nothing too exciting going on next week as far as games. There'll probably be some game that, uh, you know, the Jets – oh, no, the Jets are have their bye week. Sorry. They're my favorite team to pick on. But, yeah. Definitely. Some stinker team, some two teams, some, some one-win teams are going to play each other. And it's going to be 45-44, triple what overtime. What was it last year? It was, was it Giants-Redskins on Thursday night or, like, Giants-Eagles, something like that? And we're like, God, this is the – it was on Thursday night, I remember, because mm-hmm. I'm like, the same old, like, God, why have Thursday night football if they're going to be shitty games? And then it was like – Forty-one thirty-eight. I'm like, what oh. the shit is happening? I don't. I don't remember that. I remember. I thought that was last year. Maybe it was the year before. The Jets did beat the Rams on Sunday Night Football last year, or Thursday Night Football. Sorry. Yeah. So that, was that might be the one that you're thinking of. But what, yeah. What's Thursday Night this week? Do we look? Uh, I definitely. I mean, I looked at all the games when I write the script. So if I don't, uh, that would be a shame. Oh, it's already on week six. Oh, it's Tampa and Philly. Yeah, which maybe could be a good game. If it's Philly from the first two weeks of the year, right? Okay, but if it's Philly from the last two, God, here we go. Yeah, we're not we're not looking hot there. So. Definitely not. Anything else? No, I think that's all we got for this week. We'll, that's all we got. All we got time for this week. That's all we got time for. We'll definitely try to catch you guys up uh, next week. We'll try to be more on task, but yeah, we're right on the crisp here. So fair enough. We'll take it. We'll take what we can get. So. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you guys a lot. Obviously, if you made it this far, if you listen to any portion, keep sending fan questions. We'll keep answering them. Um, at Pisswarm Takes. Yeah, at Owen underscore Burke, B-E-R-K. You know what we do on Twitter all the time. I live on my phone. Text me, snap me, DM, kick me. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You name it, I got it. So uh, that's going to do it for the Owen Show episode Four, five, four. Five. We're in five. line. We're always in line with the with the NFL season. Yeah, okay, so yeah. Five. I love how I remember mentioning that like it's gonna be so easy and then I still forgot. That's okay. So hey, episode five. We'll catch y'all next week. Have a good one. Stay safe.